You are listening to Afraid Not Podcast with Jill McCormick and Robin Wall. We believe that our stories matter and make us who we are. Every other week, we invite guests to join us and share their stories. Even though our stories have knots, we are not afraid. Our stories have phrase, they are not perfect. We believe the truth of our mess makes us stronger. We hope that God uses these stories to encourage and strengthen your faith as you trust in Him. Our theme verse is Colossians 1.17, which says, And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together, even our frayed knots. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not Podcast. Thanks for listening today to episode 126. And we have a wonderful guest for you today. I am so excited to tell you that Amber Hudler is back for her second time on Afraid Not. Amber was here about exactly five years ago almost. Yes. And for our very first episode. So we are celebrating our five-year anniversary in November. So we thought this would be a great time to talk to her again. And guys, she shares so much wisdom. And I I don't even know how to put it into a sentence. It's just so much information of wisdom that she shares. A lot of it about ministry and how she got into children's ministry and what God is showing her through that. And it's just chock full of information. We are so grateful for Amber's friendship. And the fact that, you know, we're friends in real life. We get to walk alongside each other and um, our kids are friends. And I'm somebody who just appreciates just even being around Amber. The joy, the exuberance, the fun, the laughter she brings, the authentic walk with Christ. She is our kids minister at First Baptist Church of Owasso. And she has um, such a wealth of knowledge that God has taught her the wisdom she's learned along the way. And she's just sharing out of that today, just a fresh, she's like, you know, the the picture of we want our children to drink from a flowing stream rather than a stagnant pool. And I feel like Amber is such a great example of a flowing stream. And um, she's got some great things to share with us today. Amber, thank you for joining us today. Amber, you're a lifesaver. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing with us, with our listeners. We love you. It's good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so when we started this podcast five years ago, Amber was our very first guest. That's right. And we are about on the verge of our five-year anniversary, so it's perfect that you're our guest today. And we have asked Amber to come and talk with us, sharing her heart, sharing what God is doing in her life, sharing some lessons she's learned along the way. And it's just awesome to to call Amber a friend and to have this space to bless our listeners. We hope you listeners can enjoy today hearing from some of the, the nuggets of truth that God has been sharing with Amber. And we're just, we're all like gathering in, grab a cup of coffee and just sit and listen in with us today in this conversation of just being real. What's going on, you know? So Amber, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Because maybe they don't know you, the awesome Amber that we know, and just... But if you need to find her other episode, it would be episode number one. Number one. <laughs> Easy to find. Back to the beginning. Zero, zero, one, actually. Jill, remember, I remember Jill saying, no, use zero, zero, one on it, because we don't, we might use a hundred, and I was like, a oh, hundred? You think we'll have a hundred episodes? Well... 
This is 126. Wow. That's awesome. Okay, so tell us about you. Um, so I've been married to Matt for 21 years, and we have three kids, Addison, Caden, and Kale. They are 19, 17, and almost 14. I was born and raised in Florida. I met my husband, Matt, in North Carolina at college at Gardner-Webb University. I graduated with my degree in elementary ed there. And then we moved to Richmond, Virginia, and we lived there for 12 years and then moved to Oklahoma almost, it'll be 10 years uh, this May that we've been here, which is unreal. So all of our family is still back on the East Coast. We're the only rebels living in the Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) A decade here. I know. Lucky us. It's really wild. (laughs) But time flies. So, yeah. Cool. Where should we start today? Um, well, you know what? I'm just going to be honest on this podcast. We called Amber just the other day and we're like, hey, I just feel like we want you to talk. Whatever you want to talk about. (laughs) And I was like, heck yeah. (laughs) You want me to run my mouth? If you want a good time, let's call Amber. (laughs) That's right. Um, well, I could even start maybe telling you a little bit about my story, maybe how um, I came to know the Lord. Yes, and will you will you start that. there? I would love to hear yeah. that. <clears throat> so I was raised in a home, uh, a Christian home, where I really didn't know anything other than going to church and walking with the Lord. My parents are two of my dearest friends. I still highly respect both of them. And I have two older brothers. And so in Florida, it was in those years of my life, I went to Park Avenue Baptist Church where Pastor Peter Lord pastored there for a long time uh, until his retirement, actually. And um, it was there in those years at that church in those halls that I really came to know the Lord and his character and that he can be trusted. I grew up in a church that was very strong in discipleship at a young age that you can hear the Lord and you can study scripture for yourself and you can journal and and understanding even spiritual warfare, honestly, gifts Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. It was Mm -hmm. a really incredible time to grow up uh, in the church and in that church. So I, at five, funny enough, I remember being at a summer program where the Lord was stirring my heart. I just remember this very vividly and thinking, I want that. And, but I didn't quite get it at that point. Because I remember when we left praying that we went uh, skating in our gym and thinking, oh, I have to make sure that I, I'm perfect, that nothing happens. And then I did something wrong while we were out there. And I thought, well, that's over. Um, and so, uh, you know, it wasn't until I was really 11. Perfection was marred. I, I know, perfection was gone. Well, the, Jesus didn't work for me. Um, but... But man, those were just the beginning years of beginning to understand who he is and what the gospel is. And so when I was 11, visiting my aunt and uncle's church in Georgia, uh, the pastor was speaking. I have no idea. You hear this a lot. But man, what a what a testimony to the fact that it's the Holy Spirit's work. I have no idea what the pastor was talking about, what he said. But I knew when he gave mm-hmm. the invitation. I grew up in a time in the church where you did walk down the middle aisle. It was a, you know, two sides walk down and, and I walked down and just knew that, that that was the day that it was time to give my life to the Lord. And I love that that even happened, you know, at my aunt and uncle's church, you know, in Georgia, I was visiting them. And so I was baptized shortly after that and um, was a leader in our youth group in my middle school years and even in high school years as well. 
um, trying to think through some of that, had people really speaking into my life. And I love this. And I, I was reminded of it recently of how important it is to speak into the lives of those that are in, in our sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. Because I, I specifically remember people speaking into my life beginning at middle school mm-hmm. that they saw like a gift of leadership in me. They saw a call of ministry in my life. And actually, shortly 10 years ago, when we moved to Oklahoma, I felt like the Lord had me go back and remember my story and just document milestones of different people who spoke mm-hmm. into my life. And it was men and women, um, people who were my age, um, people who were older than me. And so I, I don't, I've just kind of always known. I remember Matt, once we got into college and we'd been dating for a little over two years and he had asked me, you know, what did I see with my life? And I think that he thought I was going to be like, I see you, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I did. But, um, but I remember, I remember saying, you know, I, I really believe I'm being called to ministry, but I don't have a specific plan, which seems weird to me because it seems like people really push you when you feel called to ministry to what? Like to women's ministry, to uh, adult ministry, to kids ministry, to missions, to what? As if you will know exactly. Yeah. As if I'm going to know. And and what I've learned along the way is that it's, we don't have to understand where God's leading and why Mm -hmm. he's leading there. It's our responsibility to obey and leave those details to him. Mm -hmm. And to me, I think that's been one of the greatest treasures that I've learned in my life is because when we then when we moved to Richmond, I stayed home for 12 years with the kids. I did a few things here and there. I was super involved in our church, whatever church we were at. Um, I was just a heavy uh, lay person there um, with women's ministry, kids ministry, community Bible study. I just have had such a love for God's word and knowing that that it doesn't change because as I think we all do, like I got to a place in my life where I was just kind of. I guess you could say I was talking to the Lord. I just kind of felt like I was talking to the Lord, talking to myself, just going, is there anything in life that doesn't change? Is there anything that doesn't shift? Because there's people mm-hmm. who've come and gone. Mm-hmm. My emotions can be all over the place. And and I remember having this really, this, and it was after, after I was married, and I remember going, what would happen if my parents ever disowned me? What would happen if Matt left me? None of the, no one gave me any reasons for this. Okay, I need to clarify that. I'm just saying that these were things going on in my own heart. What would happen if everything I loved? It was just you. Yeah, it was just me. Um, And man, it was in that moment that I realized we can chase relationships. We can chase all kinds of things that make us feel good in the moment, but none of those things last. And the reality is that even if he were to remove my family, if he were to remove my health, which I had to walk through that journey too, if he were to take a child, would he be enough? Would he still be who he says he is? Mm -hmm. And you know, he is the only person, the only thing in my life that I learned that does not change. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when we become believers, we think, Uh, man, I'm never going to have, I'm never going to sin again, or I'm never going to struggle with worry, or I'm never going to struggle with doubt. I'm never going to struggle with these things. But the word says that um, he, uh, I don't remember that this is exactly, I don't have it memorized, but in Psalms where it says that he satisfies the hungry and to the thirsty, he gives good things, or maybe it's the other way around. But the point is that we are still going to have this propensity to struggle with our flesh. But we have to be in God's word because that's how we renew our minds. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds in his word. And so there's a reason why it says, come to the well. 
the well is his word. And so when we get there and we recognize and we do that consistently, then our emotions have a much harder time taking over. Our our desire to put our identity in someone or something mm-hmm. fades into the background because you realize he's enough. And if he's all I have, it'll be hard. Mm-hmm. And I'll struggle. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably say things I'm not proud of. But what I know is that that thirst and that hunger doesn't stop. So you have to feed it. Are you going to feed it with the word? Or are you going to feed it with the flesh? And we have those choices. And so for me that was really kind of that culminating moment of, oh my goodness, he's everything I need. And I'm not going to stop struggling with, with sin or with these things because, because I have his word and, and he doesn't change. And we talk about that. I'm a kids minister now at our local church. And we talk about that almost every week in kids ministry. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why we study God's word. I say this to the kids all the time. I really don't care that you know Jonah. I don't care that you know about Esther. I don't care that you know all these things. What I want you to know is I want you to know the God of the Bible and the way you watch him rescue his people and provide for his people and be faithful to his people and gracious to his people is so much more important to me for these kids to know that than it is that they can tell me stories. Love that. Yeah. And did we say before, Amber is our is the children's minister at First Baptist Wasso. Yes. And okay, would you have believed it if someone had come up to you (laughs) 25 years ago and said, someday you are going to be our kids minister at First Baptist Church of Washington? What would you say? (laughs) Wow, I'd be like, that's cute. I'm not coming to your church. Um, but you did just, major in elementary I did. Education. So that's what my husband says. He goes, it's not like it's so far off. You majored in elementary education. And I said, you know, you're right. But I think what I knew as an 18-year-old is that I love to teach. And I love to lead people and help them to learn and to know, like, why we believe what we believe. You know, those kinds of things. And and at that time, I just always wanted to be a teacher. I mean, my parents have pictures when I was little and be a teacher. And that's just kind of what I did. I didn't have a lot of thought into it. Um, so you're right from the aspect that it's it's not like it was so far out, but it was just not ever on my radar. I, I got the degree and thought I'll have, a, I'll have something to fall back on. Sure. I'll have something to do. Uh, and what I quickly learned is like, I, I was good at classroom management um, and I was, I was good at teaching, but it, it didn't really fill my cup. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I stayed home for a long time. And in those formative years, I remember actually listening to uh, a woman come and speak to us when I was a young mom saying, don't miss out on these young motherhood years. She said, in the, and I was in the thick of it. You know, I was eating Doritos and drinking Dr. Pepper, sitting in the bed going <laughs> with, th- with like three littles all around me and going, this is my life. <laughs> like, I don't know. I know. I know the listeners don't know me, but I'm pretty independent. And I have a good sense of self. And this was just not living the dream for me. I'm honest. <laughs> And yeah, and I'm a three on the Enneagram, which, you know, we don't have to get into all of that, but I'm an achiever. I need to know I'm bringing value doing to stuff. the team. Yeah, yeah. I need to, I'm bringing value. You want me here, you know? And, uh, but I remember a woman speaking her wisdom uh, at the time saying, man, it was in those young motherhood years that the Lord, I really unearthed in me mm-hmm. a call that he had put on my life. It was in those formative years that I just spent time in his word and that he was just kind of um, filing off some rough edges in my life, preparing me for what's next. I, I, I needed to choose to be right where I was, but knowing that in every season of our lives, 
God is prepping us, giving us tools in our tool belt for what is next. That doesn't mean we live for what is next. It means that we need to be diligent with where we are right now, learning everything he has for us here, because we will need it for what's next. Well, and that's really good, Amber. Yeah. That'll preach right there. <laughs> Say that again. Say that again. I need to hear that today, friend. I don't know if I could say it exactly the same way, but just, you know, that she had encouraged that it it was like, it's not about living in the future. It's not about living for what's to come, but knowing that right where you are, that God has lessons for you to learn. There's tools that he's trying to equip Mm -hmm. you with Mm -hmm. that you'll need them here, but chances are you're going to need them more in the next step. Mm -hmm. And I have found that to be true in my life, that truly wherever I've been. And I, and I think that as I've learned that I've been more diligent to be present where I'm at. Is that hard for you being, being a three? Cause I knew, like, as I said, like we're future oriented. So is that hard for you to like stay in the present? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and it's, it can even be a frustration. I'm sure having me even on staff or as a team member, because I can see what's ahead mm-hmm. and I know how to get there and I need everybody else to hurry up and get on board. Right. Or get out of the way. Or get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. I know it's, t- and, and the Lord has had to tame that in me because it's like, I want to go get with it or get lost like we got things to do and the Lord's like well that's really cute the fact that your attitude is so junky says that you have some things to be filed away right here um but um but also just to realize that especially so just kind of a little bit on that three on that achiever side of it of just also recognizing that just because maybe I'm ready doesn't mean that everyone else is ready and there's still work that he's doing there. And so there's work that he needs to be doing in me. And so I've just learned, I don't ever want to push away what is going on right here. And so I've had people ask me, do you think that you will always be in kids ministry or, or what's next? And I honestly do not know the answer to that question Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. because the Lord hasn't revealed that. And I have also learned in walking with him not to rush it, because I don't want to miss. I don't I don't want to miss everything he has for me right here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get down the road and go, "Dang, I missed it. I really wished that I would have paid. Man, I could have brought, you know, a knife to the next spiritual warfare fight that would have been a little bit sharper sure. had I been, you know, more in tune to what he was doing there. I don't want to wish mm-hmm. it away. Um so yeah. So when you were picturing, you didn't know what you were going to do in ministry. Nope. But when you were picturing that, children's ministry was not on the radar. It definitely was not. It really wasn't. Um, and people would. It, it, it's it's even kind of funny um, because you know there are people who go, "Wow, I don't know if I would have seen you in kids." And I'm like, "Yeah, me, me either." Um, but here's what I found about kids ministry, and I don't say this too loudly, but now it's on the podcast because um, I did have there were some. Uh, people on staff who were starting to kind of ask me, Hey, maybe this is a direction that you should pursue. And I thought, are you crazy? Like, do you know me? <laughs> like I'm this, I'm wondering like, have, of you all the, like, have you met me? And just kind of going, uh, and this is terrible that we can see this, but I, I, I do want to share this because I think this is man, glory to the Lord on this, like not to us, but to him, because when the Lord puts you in a local church, Um, He puts you there uh, because that's the leadership that you are to fall under, you know, Mm -hmm. and you are the sheep and they're the shepherd. I don't mean blindly, you know, but what I'm saying is that they should have some authority to speak into your life. Mm -hmm. And uh, if they don't, then I would say you you may question either your heart posture or whether or not you're at the right church. Um, But when there were some, some some of the pastors on staff saying, hey, you should really think about this. 
uh, and I just thought, man, you're seeing something I don't see. So this is more than one person. Oh, you? yes, yes. Yeah. And they definitely were seeing something that I wasn't seeing. Um, and I can remember one of our staff retreats a few years ago uh, where we were just all kind of working around the room, speaking into one another's lives. Hey, man, I see this in you. Hey, I see this in you. Hey, I'm I'm grateful for this. And And I remember two of the pastors on our staff saying, I know that you were surprised by being put in this particular role and that you were like, okay, Lord, whatever. Um, but what I saw in you was that you had just come through an incredible battle mm-hmm. with your own health and the health of your daughter. Mm-hmm. And very quickly you had to learn that letting go is a process. And we watched it refine your faith and we watched you come out to a place where you were even singing more loudly about who God is than you were before you went in to that time in your life. Mm-hmm. And there are parents that need to hear that mm-hmm. because they're going to walk through some very difficult things with their kids and they need someone who can come alongside and go, I get it mm-hmm. and I see you mm-hmm. and I promise you he's going to be faithful. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else said, and kids need to know that mm-hmm. kids need to hear you can build your life here. And so I say that, like, I don't want to say it too loudly because I would really hate for them to have a big head. Um, <laughs> um, so, and, and there's sometimes where, um, so I, I will say, um, I, I think, I, I think it's funny. You know, we, we, you want to know that people are real. So when I was considering, uh, going into this kid's ministry role, <clears throat> I really did take some time with the Lord, me and Matt both. And Matt was like, golly, this just isn't where I would have seen you. Even he was like, I just wouldn't have seen this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was taking a lot of walks at the time. I should probably start doing that again, really. But I was taking a lot of walks at the time and I was really just, asking the Lord, help me to see what you see. Is this what you have? Because I felt very overwhelmed by it. Kids ministry is uh, a huge responsibility because you are leading and pouring into parents, adult volunteers, college volunteers, student volunteers. Mm -hmm. It's one of the places in ministry you really are almost at every level. Yeah. Very true. And especially uh, a church our size. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you are forming the foundational building blocks of the relationship these children are going to have with God. You are helping them to lay the foundation of how do I trust in God? Yes. (laughs) How do I study God's word? Whoa. This is very important stuff here. That kind of leads me to a question I'd love Mm -hmm. to talk about. Yeah. This generation, Gen Alpha, here they are. What are the passions that that God's put in you for Mm -hmm. them? for your, your work with them, and, and of course for the volunteers too that are helping you, coming alongside you, but for these kids that you see week by week, year by year, you know. First of all, explain Gen Alpha. Yeah, <clears throat> so definitely an expert in this area. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, so Gen Alpha is is any person who's been born 2010 to present day. That's our Gen Alpha, and there's still so much to learn about Gen Alpha because it, there's it's still so new and there's still so much that's forming you know, who they are and, and who they'll be, what they'll be known for. But, you know, what I have really loved about getting to be part of Gen Alpha and even Gen Z, as we've had, uh, you know, a lot of students and college age kids come in. Absolutely. Is, um, it's such a different world. We hear this all the time. It's such a different world. They're growing up than we did. 
<laughs> but if we're also honest and not polarize this discussion so much either, every generation kind of feels that way, that mm-hmm. we kind of feel like, right. oh, man, I wish they would have had what we had, or hey, we were better for this, you know, all those things. And what we have to realize is that scripture does tell us that God appoints our times and our seasons and places mm-hmm. that we live. You know, he sets those boundaries. And so I do think that there is a place where we have to stop being so scared and fearful about Gen, you know, some of Gen Z, but even Gen Alpha. I mean, are there some really big concerns? Yes. Are there things that we really don't even know what to do with all of it? Sure. But oh my word, when you know God's word, like he has, maybe he hasn't walked people through technology, okay, in his word, but we have watched him walk people through more difficult times and things they did not understand Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. still remain faithful to his people and still light the way, you know, the lamp to their feet, the light to their path. And we can trust him to do that. Mm -hmm. And that has been what really has stirred in me in kids ministry and why I don't know, maybe I will be here for a long time because... You're, there is so much anxiety. There is so much mental health. And I think some of that, mm-hmm. some of the mm-hmm. rise of mental health, I do think some is probably from COVID. I think some of it is technology too early or too much. Um, and some of it, I think, is we're just starting to kind of get a handle on what mental health is, you know, yeah. and what yes. it looks like and being willing to talk about it. And so you have these parents. So a lot of what I run into is parents who are coming to me, moms and dads going, oh my word, I have no idea what is going on here. Like I just didn't have any of this growing up. And what would you say? And I'm like, it's cute that you think I'm going to know that at 42. (laughs) Um, But you know what I do know, and I I had opened this up was we are in this Bible reading together plan at, at church. And recently we read in Acts 4 that it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they weren't, they were uneducated, they were common. Mm -hmm. They were astonished. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. Yes. And I really feel like that has been the place the Lord has had me in. I haven't been to seminary yet. I do hope to go someday. But pretty much anything I know is just by like my own personal time in God's word, sitting under people who are teaching, um, who are teaching the word doctrinally, you know, pure and, um, and, and, and I don't really have like all of these like credits to my name, but man, I can tell you I've walked with the Lord. And I don't mean that arrogantly. I'm just saying out of desperation, out of like, I want to know what to build my life on. And so everything that I've done that has had any kind of success has been because of the Lord's faithfulness, not mine, you know, and his provision. And so when reaching these kids, I can now see what some of those pastors saw in me that, man, the Lord in those really junky seasons that I was kind of angry that the Lord was having me go through, um, what the Lord saw that I didn't was what I would need for that next step of the journey. And so he saw these other parents and he saw these kids and he knew COVID, but he knew all of these things were coming and he was prepping me so that I might be ready to lead in this next season. And so with this Gen Alpha, I just feel like I see them with such a compassion and an empathy, which really isn't my nature, if you will. Um, My kids all the time, we just kind of laugh. Like sometimes I'm like, man, I think the Lord probably should have like given you a more nurturing mother. Like, (laughs) you know, sometimes all the things that I see these moms doing for their kids and, but you know, I know we're kind of all over the place, but here's the other thing I feel like somebody might be listening that just really needs to hear is that God made you your child's mother or your child's father. He didn't pick anybody else. Right. He knew that your kids were going to need you and you were going to need them. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, like what my, my kids didn't need, like, doesn't mean that I don't have work to do or that I don't need to refine some things in my life, but my kids didn't need somebody who was going to be more coddling and more, doesn't mean I didn't throw like good parties when they were younger, that I didn't hug them or love them or rock them to sleep. That's not what I'm saying. I just, um, what I would picture to be, um, a very nurturing mother is not what I fit. And I want to, and I do want to say this again, I'm chasing rabbits all over the place. We're just going to trust the Lord here. <laughs> um, I was on a trip with some uh, some of my college friends. There's uh, three girls I still remain very close to, and we were up early one morning. And I actually just was started crying and just said, "What did God do making me a mother?" And my kids, you know, they're middle school and high school at this point, and we've just been through the mud. And with my daughter's health and and stuff. And And and, if you're interested in that, we talked about that in episode one. So a lot of the health issues we're talking about with Addison and you, Mm -hmm. we talked about in episode one. Yeah. And and I can just remember um, sitting there and just like lamenting in tears. And I'm not usually real emotional either, but I was just like, what was the Lord doing? Making me their mother. I should be more nurturing, blah, blah, blah. And this is why it's so important that you have the right village in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, people who really know you and really see you. Because one of the girls who, um, you know, one of the tough, I mean, we're all pretty tough. But, like, she whipped her head around. She's not super emotional. She's kind of real black and white. But, man, she's loyal to the core, too. And she whipped her head around and she said, how dare you say that you were not nurturing? She said, I just sat here and listened to you for probably like hours over the last few days talk about very specific things about each of your children. I have heard you tell me details about them and things you respect about them and things that you love about them and things that you're seeing in their life. She goes, nurturing doesn't look just one way. Mm. And she said, you have to let go of that, uh, that perception that nurturing looks a certain way. So maybe you're not like the doting mother who's just like, you Baking know, cookies. And yeah. Yeah. And doing all of that, you know, and, and, and the coddling and not that any of that's bad or, but that doesn't mean that you're not nurturing. Let go of what you think nurturing looks like. She said, because I can tell you, I can tell you what nurturing is not. And she had, she had a pretty tough life. And so she could. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so just kind of talking through all of those sorts of things and back to what you had asked with this Gen Alpha, I have just gone, man, these are kids that they need to be seen. Mm-hmm. They need to know that they're known. They need to know that they are safe. Mm-hmm. And they need to know that they can build their life on Jesus and his word. Mm-hmm. And that's what I care about in our ministry. So there, there will be times that you will see me and my volunteers will be on the floor um, <laughs> talking to kids, like mm-hmm. elementary kids getting on their level. Um, you may see us running laps in the fellowship hall with a kid who just has so much energy. He doesn't know what to do with it. Um, you know, talking with parents for long periods of time of, of how do we walk through this and trusting the Lord and how do we get adequate help? Um, so that's really what I love more than anything is going, Hey, it does feel like there's a lot of overbearingly bad news Uh, in the world and maybe even surrounding this generation. But I want to be part of the hope. I want to be part of who speaks life and who says, man, I see you and he sees you and you were created on purpose for a purpose and you're safe here. And we don't, we don't have, we don't deal with behavior the same way that we always have. Like kids just don't always get that very like dictatorship. This is what I say. This is what you do. They, they need to know there's trust there that, that you do have their best in mind and not just want them to conform. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think the thing about kids too, which we all work with kids, 
they can see through things Ooh, yeah. so fast. So if true. you are not really interested in them or you're just playing a part or you don't really like that particular kid, they will see it immediately. Mm-hmm. They will sniff it out immediately. But if you show them at all that you like them, you're for them, you want the best for them, they will usually do anything you ask of them. Oh, I agree. Well, there's so many times that I'll that I'll tell my volunteers or, or even parents, I'll go, you know what, they're just little people. That's all. They're just smaller versions of us. Mm-hmm. And so how do you feel when you walk into a room with tons of noise and tons of people and all the things going on? Do you ever feel overwhelmed? You do, but you have the tools to know what to do with that. They're learning that. They have been home during a very developmental time in their life, and they didn't get all of that exposure. So we can't be upset or angry that they are just kind of freaking out in Mm -hmm. some of these environments. We do too, but we've learned how to navigate those with the proper tools. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've been seeing some of that. I worked in one of the elementaries for a little bit last year, and the kids coming out of the COVID era that were at home during those formative years, it is it is a very difficult transition, a lot of these things for them, because mm-hmm. it's not like a normal stepping stone like a lot of us had in other generations. How do you kind of manage some of that? Wow. Well, I try to truly try to listen to a lot of podcasts. I try to do a lot of reading. And more than anything, um, I really just trust the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. I know that that might sound wild to some. I, I don't know. But I... For instance, like there's things that I've done with kids this in the spur of the moment that I didn't even know I knew how to do. Um, so let me give you an example. And, and I know that that's just the Lord. It's, it's He's going, hey, I've called you to this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you the tools. Like in Matthew 10, I will give you the words to say in the moment you need them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that over and over again. And so I even encourage someone who's listening that maybe, maybe you feel like the Lord is calling you to something that you do not feel equipped for. It is not your job to know whether or not you were equipped. It is your job to obey. And I'm going to tell you that uh, I think sometimes about had I said no, because kind of going back to that journey when I said, you know, I was running and talking to the Lord a lot. I remember getting to a point going, Lord, I don't understand why you're calling me to this. I do not feel prepared. I do not feel equipped. It doesn't make sense. And I, I, I truly was, I was journaling and I remember the Lord just kind of laying on my heart, that still small voice. If you say no, you'll be walking in disobedience. Mm-hmm. And so make your choice. And I did. And I, I even, a, a funny was like, I even gave my immediate superior like this and he kept it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he wants to remind me um, that of this uh, little post-it note. And it's just, it's a funny line from a movie, but it, where it says, I just said, uh, dear Lord, baby Jesus, I'm saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I just and that's how I told him I was taking the job. So I left it on his desk. <laughs> and so just recently he pulled that out and he goes, Hey, remember this moment? <laughs> yes. Um oh, but, but do tell us the story. Yeah. I interrupted you. No, as it's you were fine, though, yeah. I want to hear the story yeah. of it, the example you were about to tell of God giving you the words in the moment that you were like, I didn't even know I was gonna do that. Yeah, so so coming back to that, because I I wanted to be sure to circle back to like making sure that we're walking in obedience because it is these moments when you come with, that you don't know what to do and you just trust the Holy Spirit to show up and mm-hmm. give you. And I remember there was this kid, it was his first time back since COVID. And this has been quite quite a while, but um, it was his first time back since COVID. And all he wanted to do was to go, he had a, an older sibling with him bringing him and he just wanted to go back to uh, his grandfather. And so I just dropped to my knees and I looked him in the eye and I said, 
all right, I got a, I've got an idea. And I said, how about, how about you go to small group? And I said, do you see my phone right here? And he said, yes. And I said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to set it, set it to the timer. Do you see this timer? And he said, yes. And I said, I'm going to set this timer for five minutes and I'm going to come to you when that timer goes off and I'm going to see it. And if you still want to go back to your, to your grandparents in the worship center, I'll take you. And if not, we'll try five more minutes. Does that sound like a plan? And he looked at me and he, he was like, okay. And all I could think of in the moment was this was his first time back from COVID. Mm -hmm. He's largely overwhelmed. He's not real sure like if he feels safe yet or not. And then for an older sibling to leave and him to be the only one here. And he hasn't seen any of these people. And these are new leaders. Imagine how you would feel. He's just a little person. Yeah. And so that's all I could think of in the moment. And so he said, okay. And so he went, so I set my timer and the timer went off. And so I, walked back. I interrupted the class quietly and I went down, I got down on his level and I gave him, I said, Hey, my timer's up. Do you want five more minutes? And he said, I want five more minutes. I said, okay. And I said, all right, do you see I'm hitting play? I'll be back. And so the next time I came back, I said, do you want to try 10 minutes? And he said, yeah, I want to try 10 minutes. Okay. So I walked off and I came back at 10 minutes and at 10 minutes, he was sitting on it on a chair right next to one of our um, uh, guys, uh, our adult volunteers, who was had his Bible open in his lap, and this little boy was right next to him, and they were reading together. And all I did was peek oh. my head in, and I gave like a thumbs up, and he just nodded yes, and he stayed the whole time. Oh, that makes uh, me want to cry. I love that. Yeah, That's it was amazing. So and so when I was talking to the one of the leaders afterwards, he said, oh, my gosh. Amber, like by the end of it, like he was answering questions and he was engaged and he played the game. But see, in that moment, had I just given in to his, like his anxiety or his fear, you know, or, or, or not even just paid attention to the Holy Spirit or just forced him to go without Mm -hmm. really helping him go, no, you're safe. I didn't know to do all of that. I mean, does some of that maybe come back from the elementary education? Sure. Does maybe some of that come back from like just reading and listening? Maybe. But I, I don't, and somebody, somebody asked me later, one of my volunteers goes, how do you know to do that? I was like, I don't know. I just thought I'm going to drop to my knees and, and hear what he has to say, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then we, we had another uh, girl at our, in our ministry at one point who, you know, she had come in and um, had just kind of made a scene. And I finally looked at um, her guardians who were with her and I said, we're fine. We're God. And, uh, you know, and she just kind of melted down and I just got right down next to her and just sat down with her and, and just said, Hey, when you're ready to move, like maybe we could go to another room and, and just kind of sit and talk. And she said, oh, we can do that. So we just went to another room where there was other people, you know, cause I don't ever want to be by myself with a kid ever, um, in a room where people can't see us, uh, just to be above board, above reproach. And, um, as we got to talking, I started to help her unwind her emotions, man, you came in and this was happening. What, what made you do that? And so mm-hmm. we just kind of walked it all back to the morning mm-hmm. and she walked it back to, well, you know, my, my, uh, grandfather had said, Hey, I could go with him to do this thing early this morning. And that last minute, you know, he changed his mind and that made me angry. And I said, but why would that make you angry? And this, um, young girl has had, she was abandoned and she's had a lot of things going on. She was mm-hmm. one of our older kids and had a lot happen in her life. And she just said, I, he didn't do what he said he was going to do. And, you know, I just, and I looked at her and I said, has he ever, have you ever felt like he didn't love you? No. 
Do you see that he provides food for you? Yes. Do you, does he take you like on drives when you guys go do errands and stuff? Yes. So you know he loves you. Yes. You know that he'd do anything in the world for you. And we just named some things. And she said yes. And I said, don't you think you were a little hard on him to just blow up like that? And she said, yes. But for her, she said, I just couldn't, what it did, you know, in, in her little mind, it was just, she it sent her back to that panic moment of being abandoned. Yes. Sure. Yeah. And that, oh, here's another adult who's right. not going to, and it was just a simple thing. And, you know, the grandfather's just kind of going, what is happening right now? But when you sit and you have that time to just unwind with them and help them to go, hey, so, so what could you have done differently? What would you do differently next time? And, you know, that was just the Lord. Because I even had somebody, like, come back and go, God bless you. Because <laughs> that was a lot. It was hard. <laughs> but it does. But it but it does. It just takes time. Like, we all do things that we're not proud of. You know, yeah. we all embarrass ourselves. Mm-hmm. And to just have someone who goes, hey, let's take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Realize we all make mistakes. Nobody gets out of this perfect. No one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how can we do better? And that's really what I have enjoyed about this generation is I just want to be at least one person. Um, and I'm going to mess it up. And you know what? There's going to be some people are going to be angry with me because I didn't see their kid. I didn't handle something well. And and I have to be okay with that too. So, mm-hmm. Well, and let's talk about for a minute because before we were recording, you were saying that whenever you kind of were called to this, you were immediately like, I already told God, no, I'm not doing children. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's true. And I've had moments like that for me, too, where I'm like, God, no, no, thank you. And then it happens anyway. So what what are some of those things that, like, I don't even know what my question is. I just think that's interesting that sometimes we tell God, no, this is not really for me. Thanks. But I don't see that going in my direction. (laughs) I'd rather not. And then he's like, no, no. Because we may have some listeners that are going, whoa, you guys are reading my mail. How (laughs) did they know this is exactly what's happening in my heart right now? So let's talk about that for somebody listening who's like dealing with a moment of do I say yes, Lord? Or do I say, I already said no, God? Yeah. Hmm. Where do we go? Yeah, I... So I think this kind of comes back to just another lesson learned along the way of recognizing that for the most part, all I can see as a human is what's right in front of my face. Mm -hmm. And all I know about myself is what I know about myself in this moment. But the Lord sees this incredible tapestry. He sees this big picture. And so what I've learned along the way in my walk with him is that I don't have to understand why he allows what he allows or why he does what he does to know that I can trust him with the big picture and so in, a, in something like kids ministry, going, oh, my gosh, I, a kids ministry is not my jam. I can't ever be there. But to know that when, when that knock came and I just brought it before him and through several scriptures, through other voices in my life, this wasn't just a haphazard, here comes the wind, I'm going to run with it, you right. know, <laughs> um, which I think is important to know, too, like, and just being in his word and, and recognizing this is the next step and I don't have to understand it and I don't have to feel equipped for it to know that I can trust his hand with the big picture. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would say to whoever is where they're at in their journey is to go, you know, we were even talking about this. Actually, the three of us were kind of chatting before this podcast started 
about just some really hard situations that we're seeing in our life. And we're not even talking about, hey, what the Lord might be calling me to. We're just saying, Lord, we don't, we don't understand why you're allowing some really hard things <laughs> in the life of some really good people or even to children. You know, why are you allowing some things? And I'm not even going to sit here and pretend to have the answers. I'm really not. But what I can tell you that I've learned along the way is that I do not have to understand what he allows and why Mm. to know that I can trust him. I can trust his character. Scripture speaks to that over and over from Genesis to Revelation. And so I have no idea what he's doing. And I may never know this side of heaven. But I do often pray the prayer, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing, but would you give me eyes to see your hand at work? And so when we see some of those dark days and those dark things, or maybe even just a calling to somewhere that we're like, say what? Um, That we can go, hey, we trust him. And golly, even last year when I was leaving Addison um, at college, it was her freshman year last year, and she had just kind of gone through a rough patch and she's five hours away. She's not close. And I needed to be back. Uh, woo, this might be a little emotional. Um, I needed to be back for our middle son was getting inducted into NJHS. And I had just had <clears throat> I had just had lunch with Addison and I knew that we were getting ready to start a new medicine. And in the past we knew what this medicine could do. Uh, we knew the good things it could do, but we also knew the hard things it could do. And, um, and I looked at her and I, I really struggled to leave, um, not knowing what was coming. And I looked at her and she didn't real, she didn't put all the pieces together quite yet. Like I had. And I said, now you remember like when you take this medicine and she just gave me this blank stare. Oh yes. I forgot. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I said, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scared to death to leave but I know that I can trust you to the hands of our living faithful God. And I know that I need to be there for Kale's thing at school. And, uh, and I told her, I said, I can turn around and come back at any time, but I just, I knew I had to go and it tore me up. Like I drove away and just like bawled. And again, I'm not emotional. And you're going to be like, yeah, whatever. You've gotten emotional like how many times now? But I remember crying almost half the way home, just saying, God, what are you doing? And I remember driving and just kind of looking out and the sun was setting and it was this beautiful sunset. And the Lord was just reminding me, I see the whole picture. I see this beautiful sunset that I'm painting. And you just see this small glimpse. Don't try to take control. Get out of the way. And just keep doing the next best thing you know to do. And I can even remember showing up at Kale's, I mean, like five minutes before it started. Showed up at his NJHS induction. Y'all, like my hair is all over the top of my head. I'm wearing no makeup. (laughs) This big old sweatshirt. I mean, it it didn't even look like, hey, the girl looks casual cute. No, it was like the girl (laughs) rolled out the bed. Because I've just been crying. My eyes are all, you know, big and puffy. And, I, and I'm just learning. I've got to trust the Lord. I can't trust how I feel. i got to trust what I know. And I remember, like, walking into those seats. And I'm just kind of got my back up against the wall, trying to sit the furthest I can. And then even some of our friends, they're all coming in dressed to the hilt. I mean, you know, I was like, oh, man, I feel like I just rolled out of bed. This is so embarrassing. It was such a great moment of humility for me, too. But <laughs> a three that cares about what, their appearance. And so... um <laughs> 
but it was good. We all need it. We all need it. Yep. And, um, but afterwards my son just came up and gave me the biggest hug and said, thanks mama for being here. And I remember telling a friend about it later and she just said, he's not ever going to remember what you looked like, but he will remember that you were that there. You were there. Absolutely. And so that's just what I want to encourage those who are listening. Maybe you're stepping, maybe you're kind of on the precipice of like, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to step out into this place of faith that I have no idea where it's leading. Um, and I don't feel equipped. Or, hey, maybe I'm walking through something really difficult with my child that I don't understand. And what I want to do is jump in and fix it. But what the Lord is telling me to do is take my hands off. Or maybe I'm trying to help someone else walk through this incredible thing with their kid with anxiety or a life-threatening illness or and they don't understand, and the Lord's calling me to walk alongside them. He didn't ask any of us to have it all together. He just asked us to keep taking the next step of faith. And I feel like somehow along the way, we misconstrued in our thoughts that walking by faith or walking in faith, that somehow we were supposed to be able to see the whole path or know every next stepping stone. But that's not faith. Mm -hmm. Faith is taking the next step, knowing that God will shore up our footing. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to feel it to walk it out. And so that's what I think would be so good, that just lessons learned in my own life, that I would love to encourage the listeners uh, today. And hey, maybe the Lord is, we were at this conference, and I, this woman who is doing incredible things in ministry, she said, do you know, I want you to know that where my journey started, it started with a young mom of two littles. And she didn't have a whole lot, but she was, had come to know the Lord and was walking with the Lord, was younger in her faith, but she was learning and walking with the Lord. And they needed someone to open their home for some youth girls. And she said, I don't know everything. I don't know a ton, but I'll invite you into this journey of what I'm learning. She said, do you know she would pop popcorn in the microwave? Because that's what she had the time and effort to do. And she said, and then, you know, she said, this shows my age. She would pop in a VHS tape. And we would watch a teaching and then we'd sit around and discuss it. And she said, do you know, I don't remember the, the lady's name, but I think she called her Stacy or something. She said, do you know that it was Stacy opening her home, popping popcorn at a very difficult stage in her life saying, hey, I'm willing to walk with you if you if you're willing to walk. And she goes that it was there that the Lord planted the seed of faith. I came to know the Lord and have walked with the Lord all the days of my life from there. And now she's like reaching like thousands of people with scripture. I don't even remember all of what this young woman is doing now, but she said it was just because someone said, Hey, I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all together. I'm young in my faith, mm-hmm. but I can pop popcorn mm-hmm. and I can open my home and I can have a discussion around God's word. That that's the thing that I would love to help people who are listening to go stop waiting to have the answers, stop waiting to have it all together and know that you can trust the one true mm-hmm. God to lead you every next step of faith. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing today and coming on a whim and having <laughs> like this word from God is amazing. <laughs> you know what I feel like we should do to, to wrap up our episode? I would like to ask Amber to pray over our listeners Mm. because listeners, you're the reason we're doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. God told us, Jill and I, five years ago to step out and do this, to just share stories of faith. Mm. And the purpose of this is to let listeners be encouraged to trust in God. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it'd be a, a really beautiful way to wrap up our conversation, just talking to the Lord. 
and asking him to bless you, listener, today, right where you are, whether you're listening in, in a car, driving on a trip, or whether you're doing dishes or folding laundry or going on a walk, that we're praying for you. Mm-hmm. So, Amber, would you pray for mm-hmm. our listener just kind of speak over them? You are the one true God. You are holy and mighty. You are the creator. You see us. You put us together on purpose for the purpose of making you known. And we can trust you. You are faithful. You provide. You protect. And you heal. And Lord, we just want to declare before you right now that we trust you. Even when we can't see. Even when we don't understand. And even when we don't feel it. We're going to walk by what we know. So God, I want to pray for that young mom right now who is rearing littles. She is raising arrows for your kingdom. And maybe, Lord, she's just overwhelmed or doesn't see this great purpose. Lord, or maybe the the mom that's trying to work and trying to, to rear a family. Or God, maybe we've got dads or grandfathers who are listening that God, that they're just feel like, man, maybe I've made too many mistakes. I don't know if I could turn this around again. That God, would you meet them right where they are and remind them, God, that you do have a purpose for them. You do have a plan. They are not isolated. God, you are doing a work. Would you surround them, Lord, with people who would encourage them, who would strengthen their faith, strengthen their iron, who would speak into their lives. And that God, that they would all, all of us, Lord, would come before you with open hands saying, here I am, use me. And then along the way, when we begin to doubt or when we begin to falter, Lord, that we would come back to the truth that we know we can trust you. So Lord, as they finish out their walk, they finish out the run, they finish out the drive to wherever it is they're going, Lord, that you would remind them that you are in their midst and you can be trusted. It's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Thanks for listening in, everyone. We're so glad that you were here today. And we're so thankful to Amber for just coming and being herself and sharing the lessons she's learned along the way with us today. Something that I was taking notes as we had this conversation today was that she reminded us it is not our job to think we're somehow equipped for some big work. But no, no, no. Our job is to simply obey. In the moment where we are, okay. And I really liked the whole, you you have a need that needs to be fed, a thirst and a hunger. Are you going to feed that with the Word of God or with the flesh? Mm-hmm. So um, just so many nuggets of truth that I just am going to marinate over for a while. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening and for being with us for five years. Again, if you want to hear more of her story um, when she was referring to health issues, that will be episode one. And we are so glad you joined us today and we will be back in a few weeks. And we also are putting in the show notes a song that Amber is recommending as a great resource that has been a real source of joy and hope for her. It is the Phil Wickham song, It's Always Been You. We want to recommend that song today as a great resource for you to give you some spring in your step as you walk with the Lord today.